welcome to Splainin', the podcast where two guys explain things to each other that they should know, but don't. I'm Evan Smith. And I'm Jeff Sims. Welcome to episode three. Episode three. God, when you We've said that, I was like, it. what number is he about to say? It is three. <laughs> I had to think about it for a second. Well, if we're in a weird time realm, like episode one aired Thursday and then episode two we finished but like episode two doesn't actually air for us for a couple of days because it's Tuesday and but in your world you're listening to this anyway it's a lot it's a lot we're we're currently uh today is what day is it today I don't know Jeff it's all it's all a blur it's Wednesday no it's not it's Tuesday (laughs) 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 at least I was confident very confident yeah, but also so wrong. wrong. Or wrong and strong. Yeah. Uh, it is Wednesday. Or is it Tuesday? No, it's Tuesday, Jeff. Evan. <laughs> <laughs> wrong and strong. And also, I'll just keep repeating the incorrect just facts. Persistent. If anything, I'm persistent. No. Okay. It is Tuesday. It is May the 5th. Okay. That much is uh, correct. Yeah. Revenge of the 5th. Revenge of Buddy, the 5th. Yeah. This is Star Wars week. It's Star Wars week. Tell me you watched Star Wars last night. I didn't watch Star Wars last night. I, um, I'm watching a new documentary, and I can't remember what it's called, but it's about the drug. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good documentary. So it's do about, I. Who's kidding who? It's about this... Um, God, I wish I could remember what it was called. But it's about this girl who was a chem tech. Like, she's a, a lab tech, and she processes all the drugs for... Um, the west um, side of Massachusetts. And okay. she was, she just started like licking this dipstick full of meth. And <laughs> like, and like, to the point, like over the course of years where this giant, like they have like these standard bottles in like to, to make sure that a substance is meth or coke or whatever when it comes in. Mm-hmm. They have pure versions of all those drugs in yeah, their yeah, fridge. Yeah. So, like a litmus test and they would just test yeah, it to see right. where it's to and then, which, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they use the pure substances to compare them to whatever this other thing is to make sure what the person was selling is, in fact, meth or whatever. So she um, just started, like, basically, like, licking the little spoon of meth each day. Like fun dipping it. Like fun dipping it. And then over, it was liquid meth, but over the course of, like, six years, the bottle went down to, like, nutting, and eventually she ends up getting caught. And I'm only partway through it, but uh, it's getting real. Gotta say it's getting she, really she was just like microdose meth every day. Yeah, like she would get there in the morning, she'd have a little lick, lunch break, she'd have a little lick. And because it's a um like what's the word? Like a upper or like a amphetamine. Sure. It's she could she would still doing her work, she was still processing a very you know, it's it's um well, it's a stimulant, right? It's a so stimulant. Spending, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So you spend the entire time just like super amped, super jacked, yeah. just getting getting stuff done yeah so she's like you know joe blow goes to get a cup of coffee she's like i'll just have a little lick of meth i'll be great (laughs) honestly no i'm good no i'm good i'll just lick this spoon seriously seriously for a second yep how was your day you had the day off didn't you i did have the day off it was lovely i got a bunch of errands done i got a bunch of uh, i went to canadian tire not once but twice why'd you go twice well we went well we went to costco 
We did go to Costco. We did a social distance Costco. We're not in the same bubble. We stayed two carts apart. We stayed two carts apart. We had a hot dog at the end of it, which took (laughs) very little talk. Jeff was like, "Uh, I'm going to go to the self-checkout. And I was like, I have too many things in my cart to go to the self-checkout. He's like, I'm also going to get a hot dog. (laughs) (laughs) You may as well get me one then. And I did. Yeah. But afterwards, oh, well, actually, Costco made it very difficult because we were two carts apart. So the conversation was really awkward. Yes. You were walking ahead of me and I was just yelling and you had to keep keep looking behind you. That's every time Tiffany is shopping with me. I'm always walking ahead of her. I'm like, can you keep up? I'm sorry. Keep up, I'm short legs. <laughs> Honestly, she gets rotted. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I was in Mount Pearl and I needed a rake, which I ordered at the Canadian Tire on Hebron Way. But they canceled my order, said it wasn't available. So I said, you know what? While I'm Mount Pearl, look for a rake. That's what they say, isn't it? It's their motto. <laughs> I don't know. I fell asleep during that boring conversation. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I'll Mount Pearl, if you've got nothing better to do, look for a rake. <laughs> Sorry, I was out shopping for a rake today. Yeah, excuse me. Oh, my God. Anyways. But it was Revenge of the Fifth. Revenge it is of Revenge the of the Fifth. It's Star yeah. Wars. And you didn't watch Star Wars yesterday. I'm super disappointed in you. But As I've said, I do need to rewatch them. I've seen them all, obviously. Um, but I really need to rewatch. Specifically, and I know a lot of big Star Wars fans are not into the first three and i know you are super into and when i say first three i mean not first three chronologically but first three as an episode one two three yes i I know you were really into episode one two and three Mm -hmm. yeah and uh those are the three i've seen the least for sure i've seen four five and six many a time and i've seen seven eight nine well nine only once and i've seen seven eight i rewatched seven and eight um before we went to see nine yeah well i well i've seen nine only once as well with you yeah and uh i watched uh seven with Catherine last night her first time she yeah, fell yeah. asleep yeah 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 um that's okay it was not okay actually <laughs> no, sorry, right. <laughs> if we're being frank it was not okay <laughs> it was um, not okay yeah it's been an interesting couple of days i gotta say yeah it's, it's my, my new it's my new um series i need to watch because i finished the marvel list uh, a couple weeks ago and then i rewatched them all again 22 movies with tiffany uh, because I got to Endgame and I was like, "This, we, you know, no spoilers." But I got to Endgame and I just sobbed through most of it. I thought it was brilliant. It's and I was really like, Tiffany, good. Tiffany, I have you have to watch this with me. We need to experience this together. And so yeah. then I rewatched all twenty-two again. So Star Wars is my next thing. It's interesting because they both have a very uh, kind of a symmetrical, I guess, experience where chronologically they're filmed differently than than I guess cinematically. Yes. So, like, you can watch them when they came out, yeah. but they don't follow the timeline, like, of the exactly. narrative of what's happening. Yeah. So you can kind of watch, there's different ways to watch them. And it's interesting, yesterday I looked on Facebook, and this guy who I had on Facebook wrote a different uh, order, or a different arrangement of how to watch the Star Wars films. Because normally it's like you either go, one, two, three, Rogue One, four, five, six, and then Han Solo, seven, eight. Like, like that, you look at, obviously, yeah. Han Solo in that order. That didn't make sense. But you, you run it in that string, or you look at it cinematically how it was produced. So four, five, six, one, two, three, seven, Rogue One, eight. Like, you, you go yeah, that yeah. way. So you're living one, two, three as prequels, not as the beginning. Exactly. And yeah. I think, because there's, I mean, there's two trains of thoughts one that is uh you can follow like the actual timeline of the narrative but what happens is is that one two and three are filmed with the understanding that you saw four five and six yeah so they leave out a lot of like expose they leave out a lot of like explaining of things so i don't know it's interesting i've had this like debate a couple of times with people um my sister's uh fiance 
went to go watch Star Wars for the first time. He's from China. He's never seen Star Wars. And so he went to go watch it recently. And I had that debate of what should I tell him to start with first? And I told them to go four, five, six, one, two, three. I think that's right. And I think, cause I just did this. So when I watched the Marvel movies, I did chronological, not release date. So yep. Captain Marvel is the second movie that you watch, even though in terms of release, it came out in between infinity war and Endgame. So the, oh, really? Yeah. So you see Captain Marvel in the second movie of 22, and then yeah. you don't see her again until Endgame. That's funny because I don't think I actually saw her standalone film. Oh, it's good. And she came out of nowhere at Endgame, and I was like, who is this? She's oh, yeah. a badass. Oh, yeah. It's, she's good. She's real good. Um, but yeah, so that, so, but then when I rewatched with Tiffany, we watched them in release date. Um, because she hadn't seen any of them, she wasn't familiar with any of them. And I think, mm-hmm. uh, likewise with Star Wars, I think release date is what you should do. If you're first time watching, you must do release date. If you because know they make the a saga, lot of assumptions. They make a lot of assumptions. Exactly. So if you know yeah. the saga, then it's fun to go, let's go chronological. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then you pick up all the, uh, the loose pieces. Yeah, I think that's the best Like, if you go it. watch it, yeah. Anyways, let's move on. I don't want to. Because I could spend an entire <laughs> no, no. No, hour and ten minutes here. just talking about Star Wars, but I don't think... So today, Jeff will explain the, the Star Wars saga, and I will explain the Marvel movie saga. Uh, no, we will not. I... Do you want to jump in? Let's do it. Let's dive. I Let's dive. am going to explain... Well, it's a funny story, because... So what Jeff and I typically do, because my father-in-law asked me about this this week. He's like, so you guys just pick something to explain, and you go ahead. It's like, well... What we typically do is we each have a list. I think we explained this in episode one, but I'm not sure because it seems like a very far time away. Yeah, but it was a long I time give, ago. I give Jeff a topic that I would like him to explain to me. Jeff gives me a topic that he would like me to explain to him. Yep. So this week, I gave Jeff a topic, and I was really excited about it. <laughs> and Jeff gave me a topic, and I was not very excited about it. And I, so I started researching it, and I was like, Jeff, by I don't know how I'm going to do this in a short amount of time without, like, just boring the whole off of ourselves. And also, mm-hmm. like, it's just so intricate. And I won't say what it is, because we're going to use it later. I'm just going to figure out a better way to do it than the time We might use it later. We might yeah. use it later. Who's to say? So anyway, so then I made Jeff give me a new topic, and... Eventually, Jeff was like, hey, man, do you just want to do the topic that you told me to do? Because it seems like you're really excited about it. And I also don't know anything about it. So you could just do it. So yep. that's what we're going to do. Evan was super excited. He, he, he almost gave me every idea. <laughs> he was like, you can do this. And you can try to do it this way. And it's going to be really fun. It's going to be super interesting. I'm like, yeah, man, I, I, I guess. Thanks for doing all the heavy lifting for me, I guess. And I was, but I realized earlier we were, we were uh, I think we were just gone for a walk. I can't remember what we were doing. We were chatting on the phone. We've spent way too much time on the phone lately. But um, I was just like, so do you, do you just want to do it yourself? And <laughs> I think we were, both, we were both just secretly waiting for that part of the conversation for one of us to just say, I think you should do it. I think you're a little more excited. There's not a whole lot of arm yeah. twisting happening no, there. You were just like, yeah, I'll do it. It wasn't going to be me who said it, but I was delighted that you did. And I was egging you on to say it. Yeah. So what I wanted explained was, so what I'll explain to Jeff, but what secretly I wanted to explain to me was <laughs> um, Cockney, the accent of Cockney in London. And I thought it was Cockney. I wasn't sure. I confirm it is. But so I was watching Mary Poppins Returns with my wife and son. 
for like the third time because I think it's brilliant. It's movie magic. The first Mary Poppins is brilliant. Mary Poppins Returns is just as brilliant. Maybe more. I'm not sure. Hard to say. But it's I have a everything. confession. Go on. I haven't seen it. Oh, Jeff. Have you seen the original Mary Poppins? Evan. And you love the magic of it and the music and it's Obviously, wonderful. Obviously, yes. Okay. Yes, yes. It captures all of the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And just oh man it but i've also it's not a 1940s movie so it but no. like you know it has the cartoon world with the real world merging it has the little guest stars like angela lansbury shows up which is the way to my heart dick van dyke shows up and you're like what you're not dead yeah like, that guy sur- surprises me yeah every day so it, you must watch it and once once we maybe we can quarantine watch it oh interesting I'll do That'd that. Absolutely. Yep. In, in my defense, I did see Aladdin 2, Jafar's Return. <laughs> That's not a defense at all. Not the same movie? No, the prosecution rests. Okay. Um, so in that movie, there is a scene <laughs> with a song called Trip the Light Fantastic. And in the scene, um, they do this big old cockney rhyming thing where they say things that don't mean what they say. And it reminded me of, and I loved it. And then it reminded me of in Ocean's Eleven, there's a thing, and I always love when I used to watch that movie, where they're in the back of the van and the guy says, something, 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 we're in Barney. And the other guy's like, Barney? Mm-hmm. He's like, Barney, Barney Rubble, Trouble. Barney, Barney Rubble, Trouble. And I was like, I love that. It reminded me of that. And I was like, I've always wondered how that works, where it derived from, like, what is that about? And yep. you didn't, you don't know, so I will tell you. No, of course I did. I just thought he was just being clever. Yeah, I mean, he just, is. Just, just, well, he is being clever, but I didn't think it was like an organized clever. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. It is. Of like, um, I'm, anyways, cool. Yeah, so I was like, is it just a phrase here and there that like people know and people memorize? Why do they do it? Is like Barney agreed upon term for trouble? Or can we use like any rhyme that works? Mm. So I, I deep dived. So to be Cockney, you need to be from the East End of London. Mm. And there are sort of blurred lines, and it sometimes has a negative image among outsiders um, of like a lower class or a lower academic sort of stature. Sure. Um, it's, it's sort of like a Newfoundland thing, like compared to the rest of the country, like sometimes mainlanders, <clears throat> Ontario, have this sort <clears> of <throat> <laughs> have this sort of like Newfoundlanders are stupid because of Newfoundlander jokes. And we're like, no, we made up all the good ones. Yeah. Um, so there's like a there's a there's a wit, there's a charm with Cockney. That sometimes people take as a lower class thing, uh, which is not okay. the case. Interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah. So a traditional definition of um, to be Cockney is that one had to be born within the sound of the bow bells or the bow bells, B-O-W, which are the bells of a church called St. Mary Le Beau. If you hear the bells, you're good. So like if you're in the vicinity of London where when those bells go off, you can hear them, you're Cockney. Oh, 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 oh. When you started... <laughs> When you started that explanation, you said to be born within the sound, as if if you were happened to be born when the bell was rung, <laughs> you are gone. No, if like the the sound radius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like I I get it, but that's yeah. not what I. When you first were explaining it, I'm like, man, that's a stretch. <laughs> you would just carry your birth certificate around and say I was born at 2.43 a.m. And they would yeah. go back in the records and see if the bells are rung. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, funny. But it is an interesting way to be like, you are this subcategory of people because you are born within a sound bit radius. 
It's different you know? than like the the barriers of of land. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. So that's sort of like you know that's not exactly how it's taken these days, but at a time that was what they said. Um, so it's spoken widely in the East End of London, other areas of East London, and many traditional working class areas across London. Cool. Um, it isn't actually an uh, as isolated as a dialect now. It's not so specific to the East End. Um, the Cockney dialect in London has actually been weakened due to the promotion of received received i feel like that's not right but i did copy and paste this so it must be <laughs> um <laughs> evan smith you would fail the grade nine science fair project for copying oh, and pasting your, your your work remember how earnest they were about plagiarism man oh there was I have nothing a great scarier. story go on oh i don't i'm not gonna say the person's name because i mean he's definitely not listening but just for you know just to be nice we uh obviously like the i think it was grade seven or eight because we were in a specific homeroom uh and we had a science fair project and you know you, you had the classic like bristol board like the uh, three yeah dude. like dimension bristol board three sides and you used to yeah, yeah. And you used yeah. to like just like staple pieces of paper to it and you decorate it <laughs> you, that'd be part of your presentation yeah. this guy literally just went control p and just printed off the pages from websites. Not only did he do that, he didn't cut the URL off the top <laughs> of the page. So each page had the URL on the very top of each one. And oh it was, uh, anyways, the amount of laughing we did. It's, it's, a, it's a sin. Yes. But anyways. Speaking of lower funny. academic stature. Mm. Um, so yes. Yeah, so it's <laughs> we could do the promotion of received pronunciation, which is, of course, the king's English. Right, mm -hmm. but just enjoyed by the high socialist prestige. So, like you know, the the type of of British English we know that the the royal family speaks and those in the upper classes speak. Yep. Although at the time when this was implemented, it was only about three to five percent of people who naturally spoke with his accent. Um, but I guess as a as a um, like sort of like a front, like the British people, the British government was like, this is the accent we want to put forth as the way that British people speak. Okay. Right. Yeah. 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 I'm um, with you. Also, also, without migration from the East End, the accent spread to other areas. People who naturally spoke with a Cockney accent moved on to other places, obviously. Sure. Uh, so it's not gone, but it's less likely that you're going to walk down a street in East End London and most of the people you hear are going to be talking with a Cockney accent. Not the case so much anymore. Okay. Um, so this dialect... Do you have a time frame of like when it was prevalent? Uh, super prevalent in like about 200 years ago, like late 1800s. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now still a thing, like lots of people still speak yeah. with a Cockney accent, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but it's not specific so much to the East end of London. So cool. it's, um, it's sometimes referred to as estuary English now, which is named after the Thames estuary, which is with a movement of East Londoners to South Essex and to a lesser extent, part of North Kent, um, let it to be more widely spoken in those areas. So, like the estuary is like where the River Thames meets the something sea. I can't remember what sea, mm, but you know, know the River Thames is like this river that runs through London. Are you? Was that a statement or a question? Because I don't no. know. Oh no, it's a statement. The River Thames is like a thing. Cool. Um, so that runs through. It's spelled T H A M E S. So it's like Thomas. The River. <laughs> <laughs> is that the guy from the Marvel Thomas? Uh, remember in. Um, Super Smash Bros. 64, whenever you would pick a character, it'd be like, Samus. 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 <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, East Hunters moved away, obviously, blah, 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 blah. Within um, London Cockney speech, it's being it was replaced by multicultural London English, um, which is a form 
which has significant cockney influences that is still spoken today. So they're just like labeling things differently, you know, how people sure. want, like to do that so they can put it in a textbook or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cockney <laughs> dialect has lexical, which is one of my favorite words. Lexical. Lexical. To, like, to be related to words. Um, lexical borrowings from Yiddish, Romani, and costermonger slang, which is another one of my new favorite whoa, words. Whoa, 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 whoa. Go back. Costermonger slang? Costermonger is a street seller of fruit or vegetables in London Ooh. area. Evan Smith, we have done a great disservice to our audience. Go on. We have done but a terrible thing. Go on. Guess what we forgot to do? Not a clue. We forgot to explain the bullshit button. Oh, why do you think you've hit it? No, well, oh. it, that that word sounded so ridiculous. I thought <laughs> if there was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we talked about the bullshit button a little bit in the last episode. We said, we said um, it came up because I called bullshit on something you said. And I can't remember what. Yeah, but but then we said we should have we should th- purposely throw in or not throw in mm-hmm. something in our in our research. That could be less than factual. Research, Research, yeah, yeah, I use that word lightly. Less than Mm -hmm. factual, and the other person can call bullshit. And then they win, you know, whatever, a case of beer. Yeah, well, they become the bullshit artist of that week. Um, But yeah, we forgot to explain it, that we are actually incorporating incorporating it into this week's episode. Uh, So within Evan's speech or within my speech, there could, or there may or there may not, be uh, some bullshit in there and it's up to the other person to decide it so i forgot to explain it so i hope i didn't miss your bullshit or not miss your bullshit um i won't tell you if i did any but i will tell you that if i did it didn't happen yet so it might not happen at all okay it might not happen at all or it might be in the next part Ooh. just to be clear so so you didn't miss it okay great uh can you go back and say that word one more time because now it's hilarious costamonga So, like I say, it's a street seller of fruit and vegetables. So you can see where the the Cockney thing is a um, a lower class thing. Like it's it's the working class that typically are in the area with that accent. It seems very colloquial. Yeah. Um, so the accent is said to be a remnant of early London English, modified by many immigrants to the area. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a distinctive accent that includes tea glottalization, a loss of dental fricatives diphthong alterations and the use of rhyming slang so what those are so examples of these first three are like um if you hear somebody with a cocktail accent say pick it up pick it up you don't you don't hear the t the t becomes a glottal so it's t glottalization so a glottal being right pick it up right there's no t or they say let's start let's start right there's no t in the word there are let's it's let start Right? The T becomes a glottal. Okay. The loss of dental fricatives. The T doesn't become a t t t t Right? Or like when they say what? 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 Right? What? What? What are you talking about? They don't say uh, the T, right? Or getting better. Getting better. Getting better. Right? Better. You actually change the T to a uh, a glottal. Better. And then they also, like I said, they diphthong alteration. So if they say the word societies, so- societies. Ease. Societies. Yeah. Okay. Right. When we did spam a lot, I did Hmm. so much work on this because we had to do like addiction classes on all the, not all the, but the the 
a sort of an upper class English and a lower class English, which was the Cockney. Um, so what I've discovered that I was talking about when I did this thing with Mary Poppins and Ocean's Eleven is the rhyming slang portion that they're talking about. So it began about 200 years ago among the London East End dock builders and then developed as a secret language of the London underworld from the Ooh. 1850s when villains, and I did copy and paste this, villains. I never heard villains in like a real world context, but they use it. Um, I love it. Villains use the coded speech to confuse police and eavesdroppers. So if they're talking about something they, you know, they don't want anybody to know, they were using these rhyming slang. So they would use different words in the place of words that they meant so that the police didn't understand what they were talking about. Great. I love uh, it. Yeah. I'm all about it. Right? It's also hypothesized uh, to be used by local traders to talk amongst themselves in marketplaces in order to facilitate collusion um, so the customers wouldn't know what they were saying. Wow. Right? I thought it was so great. And also, the British Army actually used it when behind German lines during World War II in case they were, um, in, like, um, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, Someone heard Being them. listened to. Yeah. Being listened to. I figured that was probably going to be the more wholesome reason where it came from. But seeing how it was, like, that whole kind of, like, little classy part you thought was going to be thing. the wholesome reason? Well, yeah, they were at war and they were trying to come up with a language that kind of would help disguise what they were okay, talking about. Okay, I have about. to tell you something. That's the bullshit that I made nah, up. dang it! <laughs> <laughs> Shit! Oh, you're such a salesman. You can sell anything, man. The literal thing that is not remotely fact. You're like, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I was thinking. Like, that's the that's main thing. That's what I thing. was thinking, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That seems like the most legitimate thing. Yeah, yeah. Or you're the perfect salesman. You just bullshitted me with your bullshittery. I mean, I did. Yeah, they, they didn't use it in the war. That's not a thing. Ah, oh, Well, obviously, it was 200 years ago is when it started, Jeff, you dumbass. No, no, no. They still use it today, and they still use it, like, very prevalent in the 1950s and stuff. Yeah, but that's not how the rhyming scheme came about during the war. No, 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 it is Idiot. not. Idiot. Made oh, it up. Swing and a miss. Swing also, and a miss. Oh, man, buddy. Damn it. Gotcha. Uh, so, since then, the slang has grown and <laughs> began to reflect new linguistic trends, notably leading to Australia has a rhyming, sl rhyming slang. And there's an element of it in America, too. Um, so the Cockney rhyming slang uses substitute words. So usually two words as a coded alternative for another word. The final word of the substitute phrase rhymes with the word it replaces. So, for example, the Cockney, Cockney rhyming slang for the word look is butcher's hook. Yep. So, so commonly only the first word of the rhyming slang is used. For example, butcher's means look. So you would say... Have a butcher's, meaning have a look, right? So, like, if somebody's walking down the street and you're like, oh, she's pretty, have a butcher's, have a look, <laughs> right? That's what that, so you wouldn't say uh, butcher's hook. You wouldn't say the, you, typically, you wouldn't say the full two words. So, like, yeah. in my example of we're in Barney, he doesn't say Barney Rubble, right? We're in Barney, Barney Rubble, trouble. Yeah. So, my question to that, because that makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. Of of the the second the the second word has to rhyme with yep. the word that you actually want to use. Yep. But what if the other person doesn't know what that second word is? Do they have designated things that like if ever I say butcher, I mean butcher's hook? There are common phrases, yes, which is exactly what I'm about to get to. Ooh. Um, so because it's the first word that is commonly used, which is the one that doesn't rhyme, mm -hmm. the original meaning can be very difficult to guess. 
right? Mm -hmm. So in many cases, these single slang words are now widely used by people who are unaware of the Cockney rhyming origins. So they just know like butchers is slang for, for look. They don't know why, but like they heard their parents say butchers and what they meant was to look at something. So they just use it. They don't just know after why. a while, after a while, it just becomes that. Yeah. Okay, cool. And I'm going to tell you a couple that we use and you don't know why, but you, I've, heard you, I've heard us do them. So like, have you ever heard that British, uh, we don't use this one, but uh, British people will say scarper. Just to scarper yeah. means to go, to run away. Like scarper, get out of here. Scamper? Not, no, scarper. S-C-A-R-P-E-R. Okay. Um, and it originally comes from scapa flow, which is a body of water off of Scotland. Flow rhymes with go. Scapa flow. Scarper means to go. Oh, that's a bit uh, of a stretch. Rabbit. You sort of need an accent for this one. So rabbit means to talk or to chatter. It comes from rabbit and pork. Talk, pork. So if you have a British accent, talk, talk, pork. Right? Yeah. So you just use the first part, rabbit. Uh, brass mm-hmm. tacks. We use get down to brass tacks. Brass tacks. Facts. Get down to the facts. Oh. Right? Or Interesting. if I say to you, I had this gig this weekend and I made some serious bread. What do I mean? Well, you made some money. Right. Bread and honey. Money. Oh. Right? And then sometimes they take the extra step and they make it even more cryptic. So like the word when we say dough and we mean money also stems from dough, bread, bread and honey, money. Oh, buddy, I like this. Right? This is why I this love oh, this, one, this one's hilarious. Blowing a raspberry. Which we know what okay. it is, right? Blowing a raspberry, like on somebody's... Yeah, you do that, yeah. Raspberry, raspberry tart, fart. <laughs> You're right, really I do good. like that one. That's funny. Yeah. Uh. So here's a sentence, okay? With a few of them in there. I had to do it with an accent. It only feels right if you do it with an accent, okay? Only feels right, buddy. Okay. Only feels right. I'm not being um, disrespectful in any way. Um, I was like, I think it's brilliant. It's way better than our accents. Um, I couldn't believe me minces, so I ran up the apples, got straight on the dog to me trouble, and we had a Turkish. Okay. So, so mincers. My, yeah. you wanna, do you want to try and guess? Or, or just no. Do? Okay. Well, I have no so, idea what, like, mincers. Right. So I couldn't believe me mincers. Mincers, mince pies, eyes. Yep. I ran up the apples, apples and pears, stairs. Hmm. Got straight on the dog, dog and bone, telephone. Wow. Uh, I uh, was, got straight on the dog to me, trouble, trouble and strife, wife. Man. So uh, like... And we had a Turkish, Turkish bath, laugh. So I couldn't believe my eyes. I ran up the stairs, got straight on the telephone to my wife, and we had a laugh. So read the original sentence one more time. I couldn't believe me minces, so I ran up the apples, got straight on the dog to me, trouble, and we had a Turkish. Right? <laughs> I think it's so fun. I think it's great. But I wonder how many people, like, after a while, like, pause, and they just have to think of what the hell you just said. And do they create new ones? Like, yes. Like, at what point do they start creating new, I guess, analogies or new rhymes or new, right. like, because, like, um, there was one you said a second ago. What was it? Butcher's... Um, Butchers for a look. I uh, had a lo- had a butcher's butcher's hook. Yep. So like, why could like at what point did it become butcher's hook and not butcher's like cleaver? And you were looking for a, a lever. I don't know. You could. That's the thing. But there are certain there throughout the times there were some certain ones that became sort of like much more that colloquial. Stuck. 
yeah they really stuck so the the um i think along the way it stopped being let's avoid the police it stopped being let's sneak be sneaky in the market and it just became colloquialism amongst the people um of who spoke hockney of oh yeah i just heard that guy say this and he meant this so now i'm gonna start doing that yeah 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 i guess guess just how how normal common phrase yeah like i mean like bread i know one ever explained to me that bread why bread meant money but i've heard somebody do it i've used it yeah right but i had no Mm -hmm. reason i didn't didn't know it was bread let's get this bread yeah yeah so just you just hear it and you go that's what that means the same as i use the word money now i use bread i like that that's really cool yep uh so like most slangs many of the meanings are rotten oh so this one website that i read had a warning stating if you are easily offended avert your eyes from the rude ones many are also very (laughs) politically incorrect and or of a discriminatory or insulting nature so usage other than for reference and certainly in day-to-day communications should generally be avoided (laughs) (laughs) so here are a couple of the ones that are a little more colorful um if any of these are too much we can cut them some of them I won't say what they mean. I'll just let you use your imagination. So Brahms, okay. if you say Brahms, like um, I got Brahms, Brahms and List, pissed. Okay. Drunk. So we can start yeah, saying Brahms. that. Brahms. Buddy, um, guess what? Bristol. Using it. Um, so she took off her shirt and showed me her Bristol's, Bristol cities. Just leave the rest. <laughs> um, I won't say anything. Uh, cobblers. Uh, come here. I'll give you a swift kick in the cobblers. Cobbler stalls. <laughs> Pause for effect. Um, I went to the went to the bathroom and had a Richard. Richard the third. <laughs> Turd. <laughs> yeah. In the twentieth century, rhyming slang began to be based on the names of celebrities. Which is like super current, and they were just like it just keeps going, this keeps evolving, like you were saying. It's uh, so like great. Puff Daddy, yeah, Caddy. So like if you're out on the golf course and you're like, uh, oh yeah, me Puffs over here, you're Caddy, yeah. Or if you go down to you know Best Buy and you say, um, oh yeah, they got computers on sale. They're really Merrill, Merrill Streep, cheap. Look at you go, right? I know I have these written down. These are actually ones that are there. Um, there's, and they also do pop, pop culture references. So um, if you say like, oh, I had a hard night out drinking with the boys and I got a Wallace, Wallace and Gromit, vomit. Vomit. Right? Bloody. Fairly How fun is this? Like, uh, you tell me, like you say when you explain your thing to me, I, I could say, I haven't, I haven't a Scooby. Haven't a clue. Scooby Haven't a clue. That's a double. Right? That's a double whammy. Why? Well, because Scooby-Doo looks for clues. I mean, yeah. And his it last name rhymes with do. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, or, um, I can't find my other Winnie, Winnie the Pooh, shoe. Oh, okay. Yep. So that's essentially it. So the, for the first time now in Splain in History, you're about to be tested. No, 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 no. Okay, so I've come up with my own phrase that I need you to decrypt. Okay? I'm stressed. But I'm, but I'm, I'm, stressed. Take, I'm taking it easy on you because I didn't do any of the one word phrases where I took out the rhyming word. I kept the rhyming word in. So I always oh, I'm so you, you would say words. like Barney Rubble Trouble. Like exactly. you wouldn't say the Trouble, but you say the Barney Rubble. Because it'd be too hard otherwise. I'll just have to explain it to you. Okay. So here's the phrase. Again, I had to do it with an accent. I was in my Uncle Ned lying on my wheat and willow, and I had a custard cream that my dogs meat were German bands. 
<laughs> so, okay, break it down, break it down. Okay, I was in my Uncle Ned. My, my, my uncle's bed. No, you or, don't. Leave uh, out the first word. Uncle doesn't oh, matter. Oh, so you're in, you're in your bed. Okay, I'm sorry. in my bed. Lying yep. on my weeping willow. Lying on your pillow. Right? And I had a custard cream. So you had a dream. Yep. That my dog's meat were German bands. <laughs> that your feet yep. were hands. Yes! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that good? So if you didn't do the two-word thing, it. you just say, I was, I was in me uncle on me Wheaton, and I had a custard that my dogs were German. I love it. I mean, it's really fun. And I think we should start just speaking with Cockney rhyming slang all the time. I'm so excited. I'm trying to think of my own on the spot. It's hard. I tried to come up with one. I was going to be like, I was going to write my own sentence mm-hmm. and then just try and fill them in. Yeah. But it was really hard to come up with a two word phrase. That's like a, a easy colloquial thing. Colloquial. So colloquial. I, um, I use like they, there's like a big list of really common cockney ones yeah um so all those are from that list like dog's meat is one that's typically done with feet or german bands for hands so do they say the full thing like dog's meat or they just say dogs i think typically they just say the one word now in some of them i think they say both but in 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 the majority of them they do the one word i think that's really funny yeah it's it's i really really like it i really like it I'm trying to think of something that rhymes with Spears. As in Britney Spears? Yeah, so that I can oh, she's make on my there. own. Beers? Oh, is she? Do you have an example of Britney Spears? Sure do. You don't. Yeah, I honestly do. Uh, Britney Spears, um, we went to the pub and had Britney. Beers. <sighs> Buddy, that was yeah. a low-hanging fruit, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. Beers. How did I miss that? You're so upset with- now, you're... You're uh, crying, Brittany. You're crying, Brittany. Tears. Buddy, that's... <laughs> I like this. This is fun. Yeah. Anyway, enough of that. Tell me something. S- screw my topic. Let's just talk... <laughs> I mean, that Let's just was... talk about that for a while. Yeah, I mean, both of them are really my topics, aren't they? Yeah, honestly. <laughs> I took my um... topic and gave you another one. <laughs> yeah. So, Evan's uh, thing that he wanted to explain to him this week is... Why do some people feel warm while others feel cold? And the premise behind that is like if they're sitting in the same room, the room is at the same temperature, they're wearing relatively the same amount of clothing. Why does one feel warm while the other feels cold? Yes, you just explained it perfectly. I was going to interrupt you and like say that. And you said Mm -hmm. exactly what I wanted to say. So proceed, tell me. Yeah, excellent. Uh, So I want to actually start by asking you why you think it. Uh, You know what? This is one of those that I'm not even sure I have an idea of why. Like obviously there's something to do with body temperature, but I don't understand why my body temperature (laughs) would inherently be different than someone else's if the room we're in is the same temperature. We're both wearing jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah. And one of us didn't just like go outside and sit in a snowbank. Like if, if we've been inside watching a movie for an hour, we're both wearing yeah. the same thing. How can I be cold and the other person, like how do I want to lie, like pull a blanket over me and the other person is too warm or whatever? Yeah, if all other variables are consistent, why yeah. is one person cold and the other person warm, right? Absolutely. I have no idea yeah. why. 
It's super interesting. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of reasons for it. There's a lot of uh, I guess physiological, biological reasons why it could be happening. But first off, I'm going to say that everything that we are going to talk about now is obviously subjective. Is that there's no objective truth to any of this, which means like I could say a reason, and it's not a hundred percent always that reason. Like uh, just as like a broad example, like age, right? Traditionally, the older you are, the colder you are. <laughs> or like the colder that you will find a room. Like the <laughs> The Jeff Sims, the older you are, the colder you are. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. And I sort of well, felt it coming, but yes, it's yeah. funny that it rhymes. But like so, but what I mean by that is that objectively that's not objective. Like there are people who are older who could be warmer than other people who could feel a room differently and stuff like that. So there are there is some subjectivity to this and that there's different varying uh, degrees and differences between them. Um, but just objectively, there are a few things. So first off, I want to start with humans are uh, warm-blooded. Do you know the difference between warm-blooded and cold-blooded? Um, warm-blooded people have warm blood and cold-blooded things have cold blood. Are you joking? <laughs> is, that, is that a joke? I, I honestly... Do not know. I would. Okay. I, I mean, cold-blooded is like a reptile. Yeah, reptiles are cold-blooded. Yes. So they're. Uh, I mean, I'm sure I knew this in like grade five. It's yes. something to do with like they their body temperature does not fluctuate nearly as much as ours does, right? No, it's actually the exact opposite. Is oh. that? cold-blooded creatures such as like reptiles and stuff like that their body temperature will actually fluctuate based on the environment we are warm-blooded which means we are constantly uh trying to create uh homeostasis within ourselves we're trying to create a constant internal temperature at any given time okay mm -hmm. uh the average human temperature is around 37 degrees celsius uh averaging 98.6 fahrenheit yes this i know from checking my temperature do you check your temperature regularly? No, no, no. Just if I'm like, I might have just a fever. Just in general. I can't, I can't go to work. I hope I have a fever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you, have you ever done that? Or like in the morning, if you're or going to school sometimes in the mornings. Yeah. And you'd like, you'd, if you weren't feeling great or you really didn't want to go to school, you'd go take your temperature and go like, God, just, just be a little bit too high. Just enough. So mom just goes, yeah, I know you 99.1, 99.2. Like you're just hoping just a little bit. Yeah. Or like you'd breathe on a little bit more. It'd be in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> somehow that would heat it up so i'm going to talk a little bit about how uh the body perceives temperature and kind of how it works so obviously the brain is responsible for regulating the temperature of your body and it's done so hormonally okay and the kind of control center for your body in terms of temperature and in terms of a lot of regulatory things is the hypothalamus think of the hypothalamus as the thermostat in your oh. body yeah. So your okay. hypothalamus controls whether or not your room or your body is too hot or cold, and it will kind of shoot hormones through the body to tell the body to do certain things in order to heat it up or cool it down and do things like that. So when you're too hot, you do obvious things such as sweat. When mm -hmm. you sweat, uh, you, you release all the blood goes to the, uh, to the top of the surface. Your face gets really red. You sweat. Uh, you, there's... 
um, I can't remember what it's called. I didn't write it down, but it's it's some sort of thing where the the water will evaporate off of your body and create a cooling feeling, and it'll yeah. actually chill the surface of your body. It's not just as simple as letting the water out and then the water goes away. The actual act of the evaporation of the sweat or the water from your body will actually right. cool the surface of the body. Right. So it does that to cool the body down, similar to dogs panting. That's yeah. them cooling down. Um, you know, so on and so forth. When we're cold, we shiver. Right. That's a body trying to say work, 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 do some, you know, make some movement, et cetera, et cetera. So right. the hypothalamus is uh, responsible for that. Okay? Can I ask a question? Go ahead. Where's the hypothalamus? Is it in your brain? Yeah, it's, it's physically in your brain. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't have a diagram, but I think it's uh, where your brain stem is. It's up above there and it's connected to. Um, the elbow? The hypothalamus next <laughs> to the elbow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just was like, is it in the brain? I'm sure it's in the brain. What if it's not in the brain and I'm an idiot? No, it is. It's closer okay. to the... I think I'm making this up, but I'm going to say it confidently. It is on top of the brain stem in the beginning part of the brain. Okay, Jay, just, just listen for a second. I'm going to say this confidently. It's Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, it's Tuesday. Oh, no, no, no. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Oh, my. Um, but yes, the hypothalamus, hypothalamus is in the brain. It regulates all that kind of stuff, and it does so with the thyroid gland as well and all. It does all sorts of things. If you have okay. a thyroid issue, hypothyroidism or hyperthyroidism, uh, it could actually, one of the side effects are an increased sensitivity to the environmental temperature. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because I know like a lot of people, like that thyroid issue is a common thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, and if you have like hypothyroidism, you're going to be yeah. traditionally colder. If you have hyperthyroidism, which means your thyroid is working too hard, you're going to get warmer than normal. I like that. Or you're going to be warmer than normal. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. Um, yeah. But it's done so hormonally. Okay. Um, so the body heats itself by a couple of main ways. Okay. By actively working. So like moving around, obviously, right? Expelling energy, which as a byproduct creates heat. Mm -hmm. Okay, which is also known as your metabolism, like just merely keeping you alive. Your body is working to keep you alive and therefore as a byproduct is creating heat to heat your body. Right. Um, another way your body heats itself is through the blood in your body, which is the circulation of your blood through the body will also heat up that part of the body that the blood is circulating through. Right. And then the yeah. third way, if, you, if, which you makes sense. if you have poor circulation, like I remember my grandfather before he passed, like he had poor circulation in his feet. His feet would get cold. He was old. Yeah. And he was. The older you get, the colder you get. Older, the older you get, the colder you get. <laughs> Buddy. Yep. Just saying. Um, and then obviously, the, the main, uh, you know, the obvious uh, reasons are external things. Like you put on gloves or a fire or you put on a sweater or hoodie, yeah. something like that, right? But that's how your body will heat itself, those three main ways. Obviously, there's, I'm sure, a hundred different ways, but just to simplify it, those are the three ways, okay? Okay. So if you're all wearing the same thing, right? You're wearing jeans and a t-shirt and hat and gloves, mitts, whatever. You're all wearing the same thing. You're all in the yep. same room with the same external temperature. So we can get yep. rid of external stimulus, okay? Yep. So there's two ways that, can differ between person to person, which is the way your body is working, yeah. so like metabolism, and then, like you said a second ago, circulation, so blood flow through the body, okay? The way that when you get cold, obviously, the, the body is going to pick up that is cold through your skin, obviously, 
right? It tells your body it's cold. So to protect the, the vital organs, your body says, oh crap, it's cold outside. There is a, depending on how cold it is, there is a threat that we could go into hypothermia. Mm. So what it does is all of the blood vessels constrict, it's vasoconstrictors, and they pull all of the blood out of the extremities and pull them closer into the center of your body. Okay. Yeah, which is why you get frostbite on your fingers and toes before uh, anywhere else. Because there's because no blood all, in there. Exactly. All the blood leaves your extremities and will circulate in and amongst all your vital organs to keep them warm, keep them alive. Because the body says, okay, something's got to go. It's going to be the hands and the feet. They're the first things to go. Yep. And then after that, we'll start moving our way up and then we yep. can start cutting off the cutting off the stream then. But right. that's kind of how it does. Now, obviously, it's an extreme, right? Yes. If, if you go outside and it's a little windy and you get a chill in your fingers, it's not your body saying, Bob, we don't need your hands no more. That's it. No. <laughs> get them gone. No, cutting them loose. No, that's Who it. Who cares we if you make your living as a piano player? Your hands, you don't need them. Get rid of them. Nope, don't need them no more. But it's the beginning stages of it. It's your body yeah. saying, ooh, it's a little cold. Okay, well, let's do what we have to do to make sure that the important things are constantly warm. And just pulling the blood from the extremities um, through the capillaries, vasoconstrictors. Okay? So that's a very obvious thing. Okay? Um, so that is that. Now, let's go into some of the reasons why the body might do that in some people or won't in others. Okay? Mm -hmm. uh, so some things that affect whether some people will feel it differently is weight. Size. Yes, I was going to say that. Yeah. 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 Because, like, you know, larger people are obviously warmer more of the time. Not, not always, but yes. Most, m traditionally, most of the time, yeah. So right. weight, size, age, gender, diet. This one's a little bit weird. Hygiene, sleep patterns. Because <laughs> the dirt and... is, like, giving you an extra layer of warmth. <laughs> <laughs> Lifestyle, stress, stress. And then my favorite one is perception. So uh, I'll just go quickly through some of them. So weight, okay. obviously, the reason why weight is so important is because of metabolism. Okay, like I said, the very first one, just simply keeping your body work and keeping your body alive. Okay, right. so creating heat as a byproduct uh, for, for using fat as energy. Okay, so, so if when you are, sorry, if you are someone with a slow, meta slow metabolism and therefore when you eat things that aren't great for you, you gain weight more frequently than someone who does have a good metabolism. Correct. It's also contributing to that because your metabolism will be keeping you warm. So if you have a good metabolism, you will stay thinner and be warmer? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because your metabolism is constantly working to burn the fat that you have accumulated to keep you alive, to use as fuel for the body. Yeah. So what ends up happening is, and like I said, these are all very, very grand generalizations right? Yep. But traditionally, if you weigh more, if you are bigger that way, okay, then what ends up happening is, is that your body is so used to not using the fat that it's storing. Mm -hmm. It's just storing. It. It's hanging on to it. It says, uh, we'll put that in the back pocket. We'll use that another day. It's not constantly used to doing that. Now, why is that? Because you're probably not as active. You're not doing the things you need to do in order for your body to say, we have to use this. You're eating too much or you're not active enough. So you're building up that fat in your body, right? Mm -hmm. um, so with that, uh, the metabolism is slower, so it's not working as uh, efficiently to heat the body. Right. So at a glance, you say, this person is bigger, so they must be warm all of the time. Well, yeah, yes and no. 
what ends up happening is when you look at a larger person, um, fat is actually a fantastic insulator. So what it does happen, what the, right. if the, the heat's already having, in there, mm-hmm, exactly, it's keeping the heat in there, and it's actually keeping you warm in certain ways. But you'll find that the center part of their body is mm-hmm. warmer, but their extremities are much, 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 much colder. Ah, yeah. So like they like somebody may sweat a lot or something like that, but like their hands will be cold, their feet will be cold. Okay. Because the metabolism portion of it, which is getting them to work and to do things and be active, the blood is not circulating all the way through the body. But the heat that the body is just naturally producing by keeping them alive is staying inside because it's appropriately insulated. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it has a little bit to do with it. So yeah, yeah, we might be wearing different things, but if I have more fat than you, which I definitely do, I (laughs) will be insulating uh, what I have more than you. Okay. But I'm working uh, on catching up apparently with the four rolls I just ate. Yes, honest to God. Four rolls and four beers. Mm, yeah, you're not or, or should I say, the four Britannies. There you go. You got yeah. it. Hey, buddy, I'm learning. I'm learning. Um, with, uh, with weight comes size. Size works the same way. Um, so it's not necessarily of how much you weigh, but how you weigh, whether it's muscle or fat. So like I said, fat is a better insulator, but uh, muscle uh, is actually uh, has a higher resting meta- uh, metabolic rate. So which means it generates more heat just maintaining the muscle, maintaining the, uh, the growth of the muscle. And naturally, in order for you to, to maintain that level of muscle, you must be active enough. And that'll also keep you warm, right? Right. So the the weight, the number isn't so much as important as the, I guess, the style or, or why you are. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. the size right. of you, right? Right. Diet is super important because similar to the metabolism talk, right. uh, let's say one of those days you walk down to your living room and it said 21 degrees Celsius, okay? And you're like, ooh, it's chilly. You probably just got out of bed, came downstairs. You had nothing to eat. Okay, you had nothing well, I mean, in your gut. I had to come downstairs to get food. Well, let's so say you came all the way down the stairs. You passed your kitchen and went right down to the living room, and you the didn't room eat was anything. On the same level as my kitchen. How many times have you been in my house? A million. Also, which living room are we talking about? The one that's down with your TV, or the one up in the middle of, with your grandma? There's piano? no such thing as two living rooms. What am I, bougie? That's a TV room, and the one. And the main level with the kitchen is a living room. Evan. I'm serious. You wouldn't call your downstairs where you are right now a living room. No, I call that the basement. Yeah, okay, but what if that was on a different level? What if you had an, you only have two levels. What if you had three levels and that was on like a middle level and then your living room is where it was next to your kitchen? You wouldn't call both of them your living room. I don't know, family room, living room? Family room is fine. Family room, TV room, whatever. But you wouldn't call them both your living room. My living room is where my kitchen is. This is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Go on. We'll cut it out later. <laughs> so when you, you came down and you didn't have anything to eat, so you had an empty stomach, okay? Mm-hmm. Your body is not actively working to digest and metabolize that food. So it's not producing heat. Right. It sounds so simple and stupid to say but like if your diet has a lot of high carbs high protein like a lot of meats and heavy red meats that are hard to digest and take a lot a lot of energy for your body to digest you will get warmer from them have you heard of the meat sweats i have heard of the meat sweats that's your body being like 
time to digest this. Literally, like it's it's your body working to try to to figure out what the hell is in your gut and work it and digest it, metabolize it. So if you, Evan Smith, walk back and forth between a room in different instances, something that could change for you, now, like I said, it might not be, but one thing that could change is, did you eat 20 minutes to a half an hour before you entered the room? Is your body actively digesting the food? Because technically, with that, your, um, your body is not working. It's not burning off energy. Your body does actually work to metabolize food, to digest food, and to, to put it through your body. And that, as a byproduct, creates heat. And yeah. that's where the predominantly all of your internal body heat comes from, is your body working to keep you alive. So if you walk into a room one day, your thermostat says 21, and you're cold, probably means you don't have anything in your gut. Your body's not working. You probably just woke up. You're probably just there. But if you're mid-stride, you're, you just ate some food, you're trying to get some work done, your body is working like a dog, you'll feel it differently because internally your body is doing stuff to keep you alive. Your metabolism is pumping. Does that make sense? You, a little bit more sense? It makes total sense. I will be going through this checklist when the next time I'm cold and the room is the same temperature. But mm. do you want to know what I normally say? So if I go into a room and it's like, <laughs> I know the room is the same temperature, do you know what I'll typically say to Tiffany? What? I'll be like, and I, but I say it, I know it doesn't make sense, but like, Tiffany, there must be some chill in the air outside today because the thermostat's 21, but it's like, it's colder in here today, isn't it? But it's like, no, it's some not. Some chill in the air. It's not colder in here because the thermostat now, is still saying 21. Evan, another thing is, is that your thermostat doesn't always, this, is gonna, this might be incorrect, but this is what I think. Your thermostat doesn't always tell you what the temperature is in the room at that time. It tells you what it should be. No. I mean, yes and no. I have a digital thermostats. So my oh, thermostat so tells what me what temperature it is it in be. the room within. And in fact, the, you know, the dial thermostat, this is the guy who told me who installed my thermostats. The dial thermostats are right or wrong, plus or minus five degrees. Whoa. That's how inaccurate they are. Digital thermostats, plus or minus 0.5 degrees. That's huge. So sleeping patterns. So the reason why sleeping pattern is important is because of your uh, circadian rhythm. Do you know what that is? Yes, but I'm, I'm sure not you do. Ex- I need you to explain it to me. Well, I mean, it's just your relationship to our 24-hour clock. So right, similar yeah, to yeah. right. So if like yeah. if you're like, oh yeah, I always wake up at 7 a.m. Whether I put the alarm clock on at all, your body knows when it typically gets up. Exactly. And it's usually yeah. the relationship with the sun, when the sun goes down, how your body reacts right. with melatonin and blah, 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 and how, how your body kind of reacts relative to time. It's, it's relationship. Yeah. Each person has its own cycle. So depending on where you are in your um, circadian rhythm and your body can also dictate how warm or cold your internal body temperature is. Mm-hmm. So different parts of your circadian rhythm uh, you will be hotter or warmer, or, or colder, sorry. So when you go to sleep, your, uh, your internal body temperature decreases, okay? Um, females will actually decrease drastically more than men during the night, which is why you get the, the traditional argument of, I'm cold during the night, I need a bunch of blankets, and men are like, well, I don't, I don't need blankets. But that's, um, when you go to bed, your body's in recovery mode, it cools itself down, so you can relax and go to bed, hmm. okay? If you are a morning person, 
Traditionally, your internal body temperature will be at its highest in the late morning or early afternoon. It's when you're in your peak performance, your body is, is there and your internal temperature is as warm as it can be. Okay. If you're a night owl, obviously it's just later in the day is right. when your internal uh, temperature is at its highest. It's when your body is at its peak performance. So mm-hmm. if you take two people and you put them in the room and there are two completely different circadian rhythms and different cycles, like um, whoever, two different people, that could differ. Their internal body temperature could actually be different. Wow. That is yeah. not one of the reasons I thought you were going to say. No. Now, that being said, it's not like drastic. We're not talking like four, five, six degrees, nothing crazy. No, no, no. Yeah. But like when but, we're talking peaks, like when you, when you wake up in the morning, you're often cold and your feet touch the ground. You're like, oh, I'm cold. Right? You don't yeah. feel that right before you go to bed. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's because yeah. your, body, your body temperature changes. Like when you're through the day, your body is going to be consistent. I'm talking at the extremes, either the beginning or the ends, right? Right. Um, but that's something else that could actually uh, change your sleep pattern. Um, the, the, the hygiene portion is actually kind of funny, like what you said. There, there could be things um, like microbacteria, right? Yeah, it sounds silly, but depending on certain areas of where you live in the world, uh, there are different microbacteria that live on your skin. It's actually quite gross that your body is not actually yours. It's a host to organisms and bacteria and stuff. But anyway, bleh. Um, (laughs) i mean yeah it's yeah i'm not gonna comment you just keep talking there's that um i don't think that has a big range in it but then also um this part also is kind of gross um like remember how i said your extremities like your Mm -hmm. fingers and your toes and your hands and stuff like that how they're the first thing that kind of lose um the blood and the capillaries will will retract and 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 vaso um Vasoconstrict. Um, your nail length apparently has a little bit to do with that too, because your nails actually, like the cuticle in your nails and the beds underneath your nails are the initial point of contact. So if your nails are longer, they don't pick up the temperature as quickly. And if they're shorter, they pick it up faster. We're talking like minuscule amounts of time, but apparently your fingernail length will actually dictate it as well. Wow. And now, like, now, Evan, between you and I, like if you and I are sitting there and we're, we're, we're laying our fingers down on the table, I don't think it'll be like, buddy, you're going to be colder than me. Like, no, I don't no, think no, it's that, no, no. but I'm talking just like yeah. very minuscule. I found that gross. That's why I said it. Right. There, there are many, there are many factors. And that is one of them. That is a slight factor. Exactly. Yeah. Um, lifestyle, which is going to be in my eyes, one of the, one of the bigger ones. Um, so if you're a smoker, you have uh, just naturally a lot of uh, vasoconstriction. Okay, so all the capillary, like that thing I talked about where all the blood comes out of the extremities. So you will feel colder because the capillaries are closing off. That's just a part of nicotine. It's a part of smoking. So if you are an avid smoker and you're in the same room as someone who is not a smoker, you will oftentimes feel colder than them. That sucks for them because they're like, I, I mean, I've never been a smoker, but I've always thought like, you poor people who like go out and stand out in the wintertime and stand by the door and have your smoke. And they're colder than I would be if I was out there. And I'm always frozen when I'm walking in the winter. They're probably cold out there anyways. Who's kidding who? Yeah. They don't need to be even colder. Um, but then obviously people who are more active, right? And that's the big one is, is being active. Um, 
it goes right back to metabolism. It goes right back to blood flow. It goes right back to all of it. If you are a more active person, uh, whether it's sports, cardiovascular, it's, it's mostly cardiovascular. If you do a lot of weightlifting and stuff, there's not a whole lot of cardiovascular uh, movement there in terms of the blood flow through the body as much right. as if you're, you know, doing a lot of cardio. Um, but that goes into the lifestyle. Okay. Yep. Stress can also cause it as well. Because like I said, the hypothalamus controls everything, uh, but it controls it through hormones. And obviously, if you're stressed, uh, a lot of you'll have a lot of uh, natural hormonal imbalances, right? Things that happen, you know, cortisol will increase, blah, 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 blah. Um, but with, with that irregular hormonal balance could come that uh, body temperature suffering as well right yeah. is that because it's controlled by hormones that if you are stressed you actually might feel warmer or colder than you should because your hormones are not producing uh accurately so if you and i are in the same room all the same external stimuli and i'm stressed or i'm upset or i'm happy or something along those lines uh that could actually affect the hormonal balance and could affect how my body regulates to the heat okay i am always colder when i'm stressed really yep always Makes sense. Do you know yeah. why? Because you're stressed out and you're in fight or flight mode and your body is going, what do I do? And all of the capillaries are tracked in your hands, all of yeah. the, the vasoconstrictors and the blood goes to the vital organs to say, yeah. Evan, it's time to, to shit or get off the pot. What are we doing? Yeah. Or like, like think about like before you go on stage, you know, like as a piano player, like you'd always be wearing your gloves because your extremities would get cold because you're stressed about your performance. Yeah, you're stressed. And because yeah. all the blood is going back to the body, because stress is just a reaction, right? Yeah. Your, your body doesn't know 21st century stress. Yeah. It doesn't. It yeah. thinks a tiger is coming to kill you, like a saber-toothed tiger is coming to kill you. That's what your body thinks is happening when you get stressed. Yeah. Right? In reality, you're just going on stage to play the piano, right? Yeah. Like nothing's going to kill you. So your body's reacting as if that's happening, so it takes all the blood away, yada, yada, yada. Right. That's a different topic. But stress affects it more than you think. So there's that as well. Okay, and here's my favorite one: is perception of hot and cold. Because hot and cold is relative. And when they explained this, I said, "Man, that makes so much more sense." Like when you say you, because here, this is why I was so particular in my phrasing of your question, because it's not actually verbatim for what you said. Because why is it some people are cold when some are warm? Because that's what you said when you asked me your question. But when I phrased it back to you, I said, why do some people feel warm while others feel cold? Because right. cold and warm are relative terms. Right. It's how you feel, right? You are telling yourself, I'm cold, right? And you're doing the things accordingly. But it's all about perception. So same thing with pain right? If someone pricks me with a needle, I can say, ow, that hurts. Versus if someone pricks you, you might say, oh, that doesn't hurt at all. Because it's all about the spectrum of how you've experienced pain before, or how you experienced hot or cold before, and how then you perceive the words and how you describe them as hot or cold, or how your body reacts to them. There are studies that show that if you are depressed, isolated, lonely, you report to show that you are cold, or you feel colder than normal in the same ex like the same relative uh external stimulus right if you are um the opposite of those if you're happy and you're with people and you're with friends and you're comfortable and you're jovial you're warmer you tend to say that you're warmer even though the room is the same temperature you're wearing the same clothes you're doing the same things 
right? You report that you are warmer. So right. a lot of it is very relative, and it's the perception of how you perceive the stimulus is coming through, right? Um, Interesting. Yeah. So there's a lot of studies on, like, what they'll do is they'll put you in a room, like you said, exactly the same situation. You'll wear the same clothes. They'll check your internal body temperature. Then they, te- they check the temperature of your hands, like the thing that you will actually normally grade it by. Right. And there is there, they, they saw two things. One, that you will report colder when your, the body temperature stays the same, the room stays the same, and your hands stay the same. If, excuse me, like I said, if you're depressed or isolated or lonely and stuff like that, like the mental state and your perception. But also, they see that the body will also react to those emotions, similar to stress. Mm. That you're in the room, the room is the right temperature, your body your internal temperature will stay the same, but your extremities will get colder because of how you feel. Interesting. Yep, yep. That, I mean, that definitely affects me a fair bit. Like, I have felt yeah. cold at times and been like, uh, and, and my emotional state is on that, you know, negative spectrum in, in that I'm mm-hmm. stressed or I'm sad or I'm whatever. And I felt cold and be like, oh, I hate that I'm cold right now on top of the way that I already feel. It's like I'm feeling that because yeah. of how I feel. Have you looked outside your window like today when it's rainy and windy and you're like, and you do that and you right. feel it, but you're not, you're not exposed to the elements. You're in your yeah. toasty room, right? Yeah. But you feel it and you can, you can actually perceive it. Part of the study is, is that they would sit down in the room and they would show them videos of actors who would portray being warm, whatever that means, and they would portray actors who were cold. Mm. And the person would get cold. Yeah. Right? So a lot of it is perception or, or, or kind of how you're feeling in that time. But essentially, long story short, my big takes from it is your lifestyle and your metabolism, yeah. kind of, and, and how your blood flows and stuff like that. And to be honest with you, the, the lifestyle, stress, and perception. Those are going to be the big ones that are going to affect it. Obviously, those other little ones are going to be minute, and obviously, as they add together, they can change it and go back and forth. But ultimately, that's it. Neat. I mean, what do you think? It's fascinating. There are so many different elements involved, and they all made sense to me. And I feel like the next time I'm cold, I'm going to be going through the list in my head of like, okay, why are you cold right now? Is it a perception thing? Let's change your perception. Is it a metabolism thing? Let's, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like, and not in a negative way, I feel like I'm going to consciously just like, I think it's going to be a good thing. I mean, like, why am I cold? And, and like actively think about why. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think the only reason, like, if you walk into a room and you're cold, I'd say 90% of the reason why is because the room is cold. No, because I, I have think, digital thermostats, and I set no, them. I think if you're sitting in a room with somebody else, and you've been sitting in the room for an hour, and all of a sudden you look over, and the person is like, like, like man, i got to put a jacket on. And you're sitting there, you're taking your shirt off. That's when you ask that question, is why are you warm while someone else is cold? If you walk right. into a room and it feels cold, it could just be the room you walked from is warmer, warmer. than right, the room right, that yeah, you walked yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Do right. you know what I mean? Like yeah, you have yeah. to create the situation. <laughs> Right, that makes sense. Right? Um, But yeah, it's kind of cool, hey? Very cool. I thank you for explaining that to me and allowing me to explain my own thing to myself. Well, I explained it to you, but I'm glad that you... No, 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 I mean also my Oh, the first topic. Oh, the first topic, yeah, yeah. (laughs) The real question, Evan Smith, is you didn't hit the bullshit button. 
I did not hit the bullshit button. I forgot about it. No. And what do you think? I don't, I don't think there was bullshit. Yeah? Yeah, I think it was all factual. There was definitely some bullshit in there, baby! No! Yeah. I'm going to give you 20 seconds to just think back and say what was bullshit. Was it one of like the, the subtitles that you laid out? Not telling you. I'm not going to spend too much time on it. Letting you think. Okay, I'm going to tell you. You're taking too long. Okay. You ready? Okay, yep. Obviously, the hygiene, buddy. <laughs> oh, the hygiene. <laughs> you really sold it, though. Bacteria? Really? Do you think there's that much bacteria to create a level, like a thing to keep you warmer? That would be gross. And your I mean, fingernails? To say that, <laughs> you've... Uh, yeah, I mean, some of the other things that you were talking about where they were just so minuscule. I was like, well, I, mean, I guess if we're talking minuscule, like, sure, fingernails. Dude, your fingernails, your receptors are under your nail beds? Buddy. <laughs> I mean, the one thing that the bullshit button has done is lay out that we don't know things. No, and we also, don't. And maybe just humans in general, like, can so easily be manipulated into believing something when they're when they're yeah. told information by someone who they are uh, you trusting. know they are they are trusting they are assuming this person is educated you know i've told you i've researched this you've told me you've researched this even though we know mm -hmm. something in there is bullshit the yep. majority of the time we forget that and we just think okay well you're more informed about this than i am i'm going to take what you say as fact imagine if we were the media like the mainstream media and i just told you that nail length dictated how you felt warm or cold yeah I mean, we can't go down the media road right now. Listen, that's another that's another topic in itself. But uh, that's the bullshit. I guess I am the bull. Well, actually, I didn't guess your bullshit either. So I guess today we're both the bullshit artists. We are tied on the bullshit scale. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we do want to say a thank you to the listeners. Uh, we have heard some great comments from people about episode one. Episode two, as I say, hasn't aired yet. But um, people were enjoying episode one, and we're so glad. We really enjoyed it, and we're enjoying doing this. Um, the important thing is, if you really enjoyed it, go on to wherever you were listening to the podcast. If it's Apple Podcasts, if it's Spotify, if it's Stitcher, if it's Google Podcasts, and rate and review. That goes a, such a long way to get the podcast up higher on the charts. Give that little five star, and give that little nice comment in the little review and make us feel good. Yeah, it makes us feel great, doesn't it? Truly mm -hmm. does. Uh, also, while you're commenting and liking stuff, make sure you follow us. We have all of our social media up and running right now. We're on Instagram and Facebook at The Splaincast. Make sure you follow us. Put lots of comments. Let us know what you think. Share it. Um, we've gotten lots of testimonials, like Evan said, and we're loving the feedback. We're loving what people are saying. Keep going. Keep going strong. If you want to send us an email, like a direct message, you can contact us at info.splaining at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We hope you learned something this week. And if you didn't, there's always next week. You got some splaining. <laughs>